This episode is brought to you by Clear Hits Radio, Wisconsin's home for positive hits and hip-hop. Listen live right now at clearhitsradio.com. On to the show. So I got to broadcast from the United Center with the play-by-play talent of the Chicago Bulls sitting behind me giving me pointers. And I was like, this is the greatest day of my life until I got married. I'm David Kelso, and you're listening to APC Presents, where I showcase independent podcasters from Northeast Wisconsin. And today I've got Caleb Williams on the mic. Caleb is a bona fide sports nerd. You may not have heard me right. He's a sports comma nerd. Loves all things sports, but also loves music and pop culture. I think people like Caleb and I are drawn to the radio and podcasts because it really lets us talk about whatever we like. And a lot of the times there's a whole lot. A former radio producer and program manager, Caleb played multiple roles from Chicago all the way up to Alaska before moving down here to Wisconsin. He's currently building a positive hip-hop radio station called Clear Hits Radio and throws some sports podcasts in the mix as well. He gives us a framework for self-reflection and reminds us not to take ourselves too seriously while we podcast. I'm pleased to present Caleb Williams. I've sort of been seeing you in the Twitter sphere, and it's good to actually see you face-to-face and uh, interact with you. Yeah, it's great to be on. Uh, Like you said, I've been following you on social media, and just uh, when you asked, I'm super honored and excited to be on the show. So many people may may not know you, especially in this area, if you grew up in Chicago. So paint us a quick picture of of your story, where you grew up, what sort of drove you here? Yeah, so I grew up in a town called Oakland, Illinois, which is about 15 minutes south of Midway Airport, just right on the border of Chicago, not downtown, but or right on the border of Chicago. So just grew up in a very diverse, uh, creative neighborhood where I got a chance to really gain a lot of great opportunities, whether it be uh, speech or I had choir, I was terrible at it, but then sports, uh, just, just got a ton of opportunities. Uh, I think really what happened was when I got into college, I, I really had an opportunity to really evaluate what I wanted to do in life uh, as most kids do, but I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I just dropped out for about four years. I was like, I'm not going to spend my own money taking classes that maybe I'll use, maybe I won't. And so I had an opportunity to go back to the high school that I went to. And yeah, I was a one-on-one teacher's assistant for a student with cerebral palsy. His name is Matt. You know, he looked at me one day and he's just like, you know, you really like to talk about sports. Maybe you should do that. And I started thinking about that. And so I found a night school for broadcasting, went there and started attending there. I uh, got an amazing internship at downtown Chicago with uh, Fox Sports. Worked directly underneath some of like the big name Chicago sportscasters at the time: Corey McFerrin, Lou Canellis, uh, Tom Waddle. So I got to go to like Bears games. I got to go to press conferences. I really got to understand all of the intricacies of behind the scenes broadcasting, which I fell in love with. It was more mm-hmm. the behind the scenes, kind of like playing chess than, than the actual being the chess player. Like just mm-hmm. watching somebody else do it brought me way more excitement than actually 
doing it for the longest time. It took a while to build even confidence to do something like this. And then after a while, I decided to finally finish my four-year degree in broadcasting, uh, which took me away from sports and brought me to music. And I got into music. I got into programming. I got into all of that. Mm. And once I was done with that in Chicago, actually, I want to take take a step back. After I graduated... <laughs> Sidetrack. Yeah. Because it's just a wild story, man, about how I got to Appleton. So I was producing in college for the afternoon show host of the local radio station there. But I was uh, producing for a guy who voice tracked the afternoon show. And basically my job was to pick up the phone when somebody thought that he was live and act like I was him to be like, oh yeah, like, absolutely. Let's record your story and then we'll put it on the air. And like, I would message him be like, this is so-and-so, this is what they want to say. And he'd record it. And the, the intricacies of voice tracking to make a show sound live is amazing. And I loved it. And so when I graduated, I knew that I wanted to be more behind the scenes, but I also knew to, to get in a job in Chicagoland right out of college is almost impossible. And at that time, I even though I already had five years experience, I knew for programming specifically, I had none. So I was like, all right, I, I'm single. I'm a recent college graduate. I'll go wherever if it's a programming job. Yeah. So I accepted a position in Dillingham, Alaska of a population of 800 right on Bristol Bay. And while it was short-lived, it was a great experience of just really being allowed to make mistakes and understand programming because, well, we were the only radio station. So mm -hmm. it's not like there was competition for somebody else to be like, oh, your programming's terrible. I'm going to go somewhere else. Uh, it was the only radio station. It's like calling with a complaint. Well, sorry, it's either this right. or the snow outside. <laughs> right. so. And this was before really online radio and podcasting was just picking up steam. And again, it's such a small town uh, to mm -hmm. the point even today that it's still the only really media source for them. And that's a three-hour small plane ride from Anchorage to get to this town. And only lasted a few months. Apparently, I was not playing the music that they liked enough where there were complaints being sent in and things like that. And I had a family member get sick. I decided to maybe take a smaller role somewhere in Chicago. And so I accepted a position to be the producer of a talk show in Chicago, just a little bit west of O'Hare was this radio station. And so for three and a half years, I was producing this talk show where not only was I doing the live broadcasting, David, I was doing the post-production podcast, turning turning a two-hour show into a one-hour show as a podcast and ah. doing all of that fun stuff that I know you know very well mm -hmm. and just scheduling guests, getting to meet really cool people uh, throughout it. But yeah, I was still kind of missing programming. So uh, the afternoon show host that I was producing for in college became the program director of a station up here. And he was looking for an assistant program director and he reached out to me. And so that's how I ended up in Appleton to develop podcasts for this radio station and to uh, be a late night host. Again, I, I'm not a, the biggest on-air fan, so I just filled in wherever they needed me to fill in. I worked behind the scenes learning programming and that's how I got to Appleton. And so how long have you been in Appleton? This is going to be year three. Yeah, it's, it's really a great, great town. We moved to Little Shoot first, which we actually moved to our apartment three years ago today. And that was the blizzard 
when it was like oh. when it was like 14 inches of snow. Um, the April got, blizzard, yes. Yeah, we got no phone call, and finally we decided to call the moving company. They're like, "Oh yeah, we're not coming today." And so, <laughs> so like we slept on the floor. We 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 cut frozen oh, pizza man. with a pocket knife. Like it was a very memorable. We watched this show called The Curse of Oak Island, which I've never even heard of until that night, and we just watched it on a laptop for like six hours, and it was the most intriguing terrible thing i've ever watched and i've never watched it again but yeah that this three years ago today is when we moved to little shoot a three-hour movie sitting on the floor yeah Hmm. i don't know if i could do it but yeah (laughs) that we had nowhere to go story so yeah (laughs) if your family's all from chicagoland area it's like that you can't pop over to a a relative's house and be like hey can i hang out for a little bit right oh (laughs) <laughs> nope. We the, at least the heater worked. Yes, the heater okay. worked. We uh, the apartment that we moved in had a fireplace, so we had the fireplace going the whole time. It was a nice place, but it was a memorable move to the yeah. area. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you say we, it's you and your wife, correct? Correct. For my wife and I, we were married for six months when I got offered this job, and in my all wise uh, self. Uh, <laughs> We decided that she would finish the school year. She's a teacher in Chicago, and I would move to the area ahead of time. So six months into marriage, I decided to move away from my wife for six months, which was, if anybody's listening, engaged, never do that. Never do that. (laughs) All right. This isn't a marriage advice podcast, but we're (laughs) dropping some truth bombs here. Absolutely. Well, there's a lot in that story, and I, I hopefully connect some more dots with a few follow-up questions. Yeah, so, yeah. What's your favorite sport? What was one one that you loved to cover the most or helped cover the most? Oh, basketball, hands down. Yeah. Uh, it, it was just Chicago is, you know, there's the Cubs, there's the White Sox. During that time was the Blackhawks. I never really got into hockey, but, yeah. you know, growing up, it was Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Bears were terrible. I'm actually a Broncos fan, not a Bears fan for for okay. football. Um, I'll let you have that one. You know, I I grew up with a dad who was a huge sports fan. It was one of those things where he would always teach us, like, whoever we root for as a kid is who we're going to root for for the rest of our lives. So, like... I mean, that's what his dad taught him and all of that. So the Bears were terrible. And I was just like six, seven years old. And I was like, but this John Elway guy, he's really good. Uh, And they have the same colors as the Bears. So I'm going to root for the Broncos. And so I'm a a Broncos fan. And it it worked out well in the 90s. Not so great now, but, you know. Yeah, the colors won't stick out. You got the same blue and orange. Uh, and I, <laughs> I, I, I'm a little embarrassed to saying this, but I was the biggest Jay Cutler fan when he was a Broncos. And I was so mad when they said that they were going to trade him. I'm like, I'm going to root for whoever he gets traded to. So then he got traded to the Bears. And so I do have a Jay Cutler Bears jersey, which the uh, Packers love. He was their best quarterback. He just threw yeah. interceptions to them all the time. So yeah. For yeah. us, we, we're big fan, big fan. I mean, but, great yeah. rivalry for that. Yeah, I like I like to say I know my place in the rivalry. Um, yeah. But yeah, the Bear, the Bulls were just dominant, and I loved just what 
what the Bulls meant to Chicago. And just seeing a dynasty is so rare. And to see six championships in, in a decade is just amazing. And yeah, and then I, in high school, I ended up going to the same high school that Dwayne Wade went to. So um, doing that. And then basketball was really the biggest opportunity that I had right away just because of my knowledge of being a summer team bench warmer. Never made it to the actual actual team, but you know, um, still helped install uh, the, that love. Yeah, yeah, and, and I just had a love for coaching. When I got into broadcasting, I thought I would be a college basketball expert. Uh, I love college basketball, so I I ended up just going around and asking for opportunities while I was in broadcasting school. I remember uh, the high school that I worked at. Was, their basketball team was really good. Obviously, you know, Dwayne Wade went there. So it was, it's a very good basketball school. I remember they got invited to play at the United Center. And I was just like, hey, by any chance, would you let somebody broadcast the basketball game? And they're like, would you like to broadcast all of the high school basketball games that day? So I got to broadcast from the United Center with the play-by-play talent of the Chicago Bulls sitting behind me, giving me pointers and I was like, this is the greatest day of my life until I got married. But, you know, <laughs> and yeah. make sure you highlight that until I got married. Part. Until I but, got married. You know, <laughs> I won't cut it out, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, just basketball has always been a part. My dad was an inner city youth pastor for the longest time. Part of his ministry was bringing over boys just to play basketball. And so I, I just grew up with basketball in, in my home my whole life. Is it still your favorite sport? Absolutely, hands down. And I still prefer college basketball over the NBA, mainly because the Bulls are terrible. But um, <laughs> yeah, if I could go back, I would. I would love to. I'm a late bloomer, but I would have loved to broadcast soccer. Yeah, I, I saw that I, you did the mid-table podcast for uh, for a couple, for the when the Premier League was going on yeah, last year. Yeah, and so and then COVID and all that fun stuff yeah. happened. And have you uh, watched Ted Lasso? I haven't yet. That's like, uh, that's the dude. one quarantine thing that I haven't seen yet. And I don't have Apple TV. So I, I got it. I have every other streaming service. Yep. <laughs> except I, for Apple. I think that's the only thing worth getting Apple TV for. I got to check you it out. Add it to your list. I Speaking will. of movies, you're also a big nerd. Oh, yeah. Professed. So tell me about your favorite nerddom. Oh, there's so many of them. Uh, I think there's this. I think just superhero films, just growing up in that era when superhero films first came out, I'm still a firm believer of the original Spider-Man and the original X-Men. Spider-Man 1 and 2 and X-Men 1 and 2 are like amazing. X-Men 2 might be the greatest superhero film ever, and I'm going to hold on to that. Okay. Like, like it is so good. And, and just the story. And I'm so excited that Spider-Man 2's Doc Ock is going to come back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe now, yes. like paying homage to the greatness that movie was. So Same boat here. I'm a big Marvel fan. My dad was a big Justice League fan growing up, but I f- jumped the boat apparently and went to the Marvel side of everything. Although, have you seen the Snyder Cut yet? No. Four uh, hours long. <laughs> I might watch it Friday because okay. my wife's going to a Brewer game and um. I wasn't invited. So it's just going to be me. <laughs> couple of slices of pizza and a buddy of mine. I think we're going to watch the Snyder Cut or yeah. uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. Both of them are fun. Again, like I think that's just what's great about those movies, too. And I don't know if it's calling them nerd, but like you don't have to think too hard. 
Like every time somebody's like, oh, you should watch this Oscar nominated film. I'm like, I'm just going to end up depressed. <laughs> like I'll just watch a, di- a, a dinosaur punch a gorilla. A giant monkey. Like, yeah. yeah. So like, but I don't, I don't have to get super depressed or anything like that. Yeah. Like, so I don't it's need an to... hour and a half of escapism and it's at yeah. its finest. To... Except for the Snyder Cut. It's four hours. So uh, get ready for that. Yeah, true. <laughs> it Fair is better enough. than the first first Justice League. But yeah. Okay. I haven't seen the first one either. I think I'm just going to go straight to the Snyder Cut just and be like, it. yeah. It's, it's what I think of with yeah. I'm a big Avatar the Last Airbender fan. Yes. So I just like, what's that? what live action movie? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, and yeah, we'll just we'll just forget about whatever <laughs> Netflix is going to do with it too. <laughs> I'm also looking forward to the Amazon Lord of the Rings. Cut. Yes. Big Aragorn fan. So I, I hope thought, they don't butcher it. I thought I was one of the biggest Lord of the Rings fans up here until I met a coworker whose wedding band is the Ring of Power. And I'm like, okay, like no. I can't <laughs> I can't compete with that. Like Do you I, know the implications of that though? Like, As a wedding band? <laughs> like when you get into a fight, do you just disappear when you put it on? <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah no absolutely so i mean avatar the last airbender i watched uh naruto i watched uh nice I, I, i'm catching up with uh attack on titan and i've been told that i need to watch my hero yeah would still rather watch sports over that but yeah i guess i i'm the definition of a sports nerd like both literally and yeah you know for both categories so <laughs> Yeah, you've got a ton that you like to do, podcasting and all of this stuff, and you are the owner of a radio station. Tell us a little bit about about the radio station. Yes, so the radio station's called Clear Hits Radio. It is a positive hits and hip-hop station. It is Christian hip-hop artists, which uh, normally don't get airtime. My goal is to give them the foundation or uh, airplay up here because I think it's music that is just, it changed my life. And so I think it could change other people's lives. So I wanted to create a station for these artists that aren't on the major record labels that um, I believe deserve the airtime. And it's eight months old. It's hard to believe. It feels so much longer, but eight months old. And are you doing that all by yourself then? All by myself. I have four amazing volunteers. Focusing more on social media, graphic design, those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I focus more on the music and radio aspect of it. So you get to do that programming that you wanted to learn and love. Yeah. And I'm hoping to coach and develop some volunteer hosts one day to kind of be on air. Like that's one thing that is missing and I think would really mm-hmm. increase the quality of the content on the station. That way it's not just music or sermons and things like that. Uh, I, I want people to connect with somebody else on the microphone. And even though it's online uh, and so anybody in the world can listen to it, like we have a pretty consistent listener in Scotland. I don't know why. I don't know anybody in Scotland, but <laughs> yeah, we have uh, like, we, we try to make it as local as possible. You know, like this is a station for Green Bay, for Appleton, for the people who think that there's 
the only hip hop for them on the radio is talking about negative, uh, depressing things. Uh, this is a station for them so that they know that there's quality hip hop that has a positive message. Especially with um, putting Christian and hip hop together 10 years ago, you'd be like, what? Yep. Is that, that's possible kind of a thing? Yeah. I mean, there was a time in my life, David, where um, quite honestly, I didn't know what I believed. Like I said, I grew up in a home where my dad was a youth pastor. I grew up in the church my whole life. Uh, but I also grew up in a very urban environment my whole life. Mm-hmm. And so my dad was just a big fan of music. And so like he would teach me the power of words. And and like to me, I'm like, this stuff is really corny. Like this, this music is really, really bad. And I ended up for a while drifting away. I remember one time I got into a fight with my dad and I said something to him. He looked at me and he's just like, that's the meanest thing anybody's ever said to me. He like cried and went away. This was me saying this to my father at the time who was wheelchair bound, like recently had some medical issues. So he had his leg amputated at the time. And I said this to him and he's like, that is the meanest thing anybody said to me. And, and it just led to this moment of just soul searching, like trying to figure out what I actually believe or, and what I want in my life. And I decided to recommit my life as a Christian. But in my prayer, I was like, God, you got to give me good hip hop. Like, you got to give me, like, like you got to, like, if I'm supposed to get rid of this, like, you got to supplement it somehow. And so he introduced me to this website. It's still amazing. I, I love giving him a shout out. It's called rapzilla.com. It's a Christian hip hop website. And at the time, this was like 10, 11 years ago, I found it. And this is when Christian hip hop really started taking it to the level where it's at now. Uh, But artists didn't have the platform. So they were giving away their music for free on this website. I filled up my MacBook Pro with like, like, they're like, like, you need an external hard drive. And I'm like, all right. So, like, I'll do it. Like, I have the music. Like, even to this day on my iTunes, like, if you look back, I have, like, 14 weeks of hip-hop. Like, I'm still catching up to to the music that I downloaded 10, 11 years ago. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And so, when I got into radio, just, I was like, why isn't this being played? Like, why isn't this here for people? And ultimately, it came down to, and it, it still is down to, you know, Where's the money going to come from? Where's the supporters going to come from? I still haven't found an answer for that. We haven't created, we haven't collected a penny. Uh, Very surprising to me because hip hop as a genre, as a whole, not Mm -hmm. even getting to any of the subcultures, dominates the music market Mm -hmm. across all country. If you don't know, uh, this is a little insider programming thing. It's hip hop and country music. And so that's why I think in Christian music, I think that's why Zach Williams is going to become like the next big thing, like yeah. take over Toby Mac. If you guys haven't heard him, he's like a country <laughs> singer doing Christian music. And I'm just like, this guy's going to take over the airwaves for the next 10, 20 years. Um, I can see it. You know, I, I grew up in a very similar story to yours of growing up in the church and very strong in my faith. Uh, and there's definitely been moments of questions and things like that. And I think music has played a huge part in sort of grounding me and always bringing me back my focus. If no one has heard a Christian artist before, a Christian hip hop artist, who would you recommend them starting out with? Oh man, it's so hard. Um, I mean, it's really simple to say Lecrae. I mean, chances are, 
uh, and most people don't know this, is they probably have heard one. His name is NF. Let You Down was a top 40 hit in 2017. His latest album, Clouds, on iTunes was the number one album for two weeks. Like, So, I mean, odds are you might have heard some artists that, I mean, maybe you've heard the new Kanye West, <laughs> which is, you know, I'm juggling with that one. So I would... I would say I would highly recommend KB. KB, since he left Lecrae's record label, has taken it from here and he's like elevated it up to another level. I think KB's amazing. On Lecrae's record label, I'd reach records. I would highly recommend checking out some of his newer artists. Uh, Holvey just came out with his first album. He's an amazing young artist. Wande. Reach Records' first lady, uh, her first single just got added by to Michelle Obama's Spotify playlists. <laughs> if you're more into the underground, if you like artists like The Roots, I would highly recommend. They haven't come out with anything in a long time, but Alert 312 from Chicago. They are an amazing group. If you're into female MCs, Jackie Hill Perry is probably the greatest MC in Christian music to this day, like better than Lecrae, I would say. Jackie Hill Perry is amazing. Some other artists, yeah. I would say... Uh, I think I think that's a great starting point. Yeah. Uh, let's not overwhelm yeah, the listeners by, by any means. You, you got means. me on a... <laughs> On a tangent yeah. there, I'm, yeah. if you if you do want to learn learn more or listen to some, maybe you're like, oh, I don't know where to start, clearhitsradio.com, right? Yep, absolutely, Perfect. clearhitsradio.com, hit listen live, and you can check out all of these artists. There you go. Well, I think let's take a quick break, and then we'll move on to the podcasting segment. Perfect. Welcome to the podcast Fast Class. Lesson five was recording audio. Lesson six, we're talking about editing your show. So you've got your recordings. You could just put them out there as they are for all the world to hear, but that'd be like throwing a bucket of water in the ocean. The magic of the best stories happens with the scissors. We edit to create a better story because listeners don't have a million extra hours to listen, and we want our guests to sound their best. For podcasters, this post-production work happens in a digital audio workstation or DAW for short. Just starting out, you'll probably use free DAWs like Audacity, GarageBand, Reaper, or even the Anchor app. The software allows you to add and mix different audio files together like your conversations, music, sound effects, and more. Whatever one you use, get to know it really well. Learn the shortcuts and get efficient. Remember, you can't edit out all the bad and expect voices to sound normal. That's why it's vital to start with a great recording. So, post-production, do you love it or hate it? Let us know and watch the slower, more detailed video version of this in the APC members' Facebook group. Link in the notes. Back to the show. All right, Caleb. Welcome back to the second segment. What's your favorite podcast to listen to? I like Men in Blazers. It's a Premier League podcast with two guys just talking about the weekend wrap-up of the matches. But I think what they do really well is mixing in American pop culture uh, with the games and connecting it well. And what I love about them too, especially with the pandemic, is what it taught me the most is the content is always more important than the audio quality. Like so many times they couldn't get to the studio and they would just do it via Zoom or Source Connect or whatever program they're using. They had these little USB microphones and it was still just as compelling as when they were in the studio. I thought it was really inspiring to hear two guys just dedicated to their profession really 
really taking it to another level last year. I just love that show. So Men in Blazers, that one's called? Yep. Are there any other ones that you listen to? Yeah. No, I listen to a faith-based podcast called The Holy Post. It's the co-hosts are Phil Vischer. You might know him as Bob the Tomato on VeggieTales and uh, Sky Jatani, who Sky was a frequent guest at the radio station that I produced for in Chicago. So I'm a little bit biased, but I just love the content that they bring to the station and the guests that they have on as well as the content that they share. So the Holy Post, um, one that I love more local in Chicago is called The Christian Optimist. Uh, it's by a pastor in Chicago who does a really, really great job of balancing local and national news, but with a, a passion of teaching people how to approach things apologetically. Very cool. And all of those ones, the content is king. People yep. say that all the time. But how do you get to that point? How do you narrow it down to making your content good? Well, it it takes time. Uh, I remember like sometimes just early on in some of these podcasts, specifically the Christian Optimist, because this one's a little bit less than a year old, is there would be some episodes where you could tell he was still trying to figure out his identity during it. But you just kind of just got to keep on pushing forward and and doing doing these and just be like, you know what, that interview was a little bit weak. This one, this topic really didn't represent what I wanted well with this podcast. Really, whatever you're reading, whatever you're passionate about, whatever you're listening to, be sure to listen to other podcasts if you're podcasting. So whatever you're listening to, just take some notes on them. You don't have to be an exact mirror image of whoever you want to replicate, but take notes from them. Like the Christian optimist, they really want to be like Albert Muller. There's no other Albert Muller out there. Like you can't, you can't be him. So he takes it, especially because he's about 30 years younger than Albert Muller, but, <laughs> but you know, he, uh, he makes it more into what complements his voice, what complements the content that he is really passionate about. And so when you're coming up with content, I think it's really, really important it, after each episode, like like 10 seconds or maybe even 10 minutes after, not 10 seconds. But, but when you're done, take some time for self-evaluation before you even edit or send it for editing. Just be like, what did I like about this podcast? Did I, did I hit the mark where I wanted to? Um, was the message sent across in, into what I what I wanted to get it across, or were there too many sidebars? So just take that time for self evaluation before editing, and then when you edit or you hear the edited one, listen to it again, and then do that again, and really help develop your own identity behind the microphone. It really helps your podcast with that way. That sort of sounds like that comes from your your programming days, your producer days back at the at the radio station. How do you approach that self-reflection after each episode? I mean, it, it's hard um, because we're always going to be our biggest critic, David. Like, uh, there, there's so many times where clients are like, I don't like the sound of my voice. And I'm like, I sent you the raw audio again. Like, like this is how you recorded it. Like, like, this is just your voice. So we're always going to be our biggest critic when it comes to our shows. So I think 
take it with an ounce of humility, maybe even a tad bit of fun. Just remember you're podcasting, you know, you're, you're talking. The, the best advice that I always gave people when they were nervous for interviews or things like this is for all we know, we're going to be the only ones listening to it. Like, we don't know if anybody's going to listen to it. So just have fun. And, and when you break it down, like, have that fun too. Like, you might be your only listener and you're editing it. So um, make it the best that you think it is and take it from there. And then, you know, there people will tell you, you know, as they're listening, oh, I really liked this episode. Like, this really meant a lot to me. This clip, this, you know, thought that you shared really meant a lot to me. They'll let you know. I mean, it goes back to more of the programming thing, but the listeners will always tell you what they like and what they don't like. And you just got to accept that. But also, you know, you, you got to take it because there are some things we're going to be like, man, that was amazing. And they're going to be like, that was the worst episode I ever heard. And then other ones are like, man, that was a really rough episode. And they're like, that was so good. <laughs> and so, you know, so there's the self-evaluation, but peer evaluation. You really got to take that in to develop your image, your brand. And that really helps. Once you kind of build that, your content will just come really easily. You're kind of building an identity and a brand of another podcast that you're starting and you want to release by the end of the year. It's called the Creative Corner Podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about that idea? You've got all of this experience ahead of time. How do you craft that brand before you even launch it? Yes, so the Creative Corner Comp, podcast, what I really think is just that what I've discovered since being laid off with radio, working at a school, working on my own radio station is, is that there are a lot of people doing everyday nine to five things that have creativity that they need to express and find unique ways to express it, whether it be at work or at home when they're done. Then there's a lot of other people who are like me where I got let go and I was just like, what do I do now? <laughs> like, like I want to do all of this. Where's my outlet um, kind of thing. And thank goodness I had a wife that was just like, start your own radio station. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. Um, How do I do that? Yeah. And so, I mean, and that's where it goes. Like, like just talking to people about how did you find this creative outlet? How did you, how did you get over this slump? Uh, uh, like, Everybody hits a writer's block, a podcast block, a, a creative block in whatever you are doing. And how do you how do you get over that? But also like how does it how does it help you grow professionally and what you do for your nine to five? Uh, I mean, you might be a painter at home, but you might be a mechanic <laughs> during the day. So it's just like, how do you apply? your creativity to your workforce. So like, I just want to talk to people about how they take that creativity and expand on it. The art thing that may not pay the bills, but fulfills. Yeah. Very cool. So that's sort of what their Creative Corner podcast is all about. What's your game plan for launching it? Because you've got all of these, like I said, you've got all of this experience. And so you've had those times of self-reflection of peer evaluation on so many other projects. How do you bring that all to this this show? Yeah. So the first thing that I recognized is, is that I am not great at doing podcasts on my own. I cannot talk by myself for 30 minutes uh, <laughs> or, or however long it'll be. So it's just coming up with a guest list, reaching out to them, making sure that we can get it done. And then I want to have 
handful of episodes already done. I think that's the biggest thing that many podcasters make the mistake is they launch a podcast, only have one episode done, and then they're just playing catch up. You know, I think it's important to have five episodes done than have it scheduled out. So I want to make sure that I have enough guests scheduled out and enough interest in it too. I think it's a great concept, but I might be emailing people and they're like, I don't want to do a podcast. So, you know, so just finding the right people and uh, getting that scheduled is the first step of what I'm doing. And so I'm talking to people like you and talking to people I think would be great guests and to see if they're interested in it and then I'll launch it. Yeah, I think it's a cool idea. I think there's definitely neighboring podcasts and a similar space idea. But what I love about Wisconsin is that we don't really have those people there. That's mostly on the East Coast, West Coast. Chicago kind of is the area where all the content creators are gathered. But I think we have a ton of cool stories and a ton of awesome voices right here in the Valley. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And many cool places. Like one of the things that really surprised me moving up from Chicago to Appleton was what there is to do here. The creativity of people up here is just spectacular. The food scene's amazing. The art scene is amazing. It's just, <laughs> it's just a great, a great place of diverse artists and creatives here. And I just, I want to hear their stories. That's so cool. So talking about those content ideas, most of the podcasts are like week to week. You did a radio show. I'm assuming it was daily. Yeah. How do you come up with content for something like that? Well, it's not always fun. Um, <laughs> but a lot of times it's, again, once once you know your audience, once you know what they're going for, just start building stories. A lot of things, too, in radio, if something works, maybe hold on to it. And it might work the next year, even. Like, I mean, no joke. Like, we, it would be like, I, I, I fill in for a show on Friday. It'd be like, national, like, take your dog to work day. Send a picture of your dog. That'd be like, oh, that falls on a Saturday the next year. And that's when I do my normal show. Like, send me a picture of your dog. Like, and it works. So keeping it short and simple. You know, podcasting and live radio are completely different in that area where... Here, we're talking for however long this conversation's going to be. And in, in sorry. Uh, oh, you're it, pulling, pulling the rabbit out of the hat a little early there, Caleb. Yeah, you know, but, you know, in radio, you try to keep it between 60 and 90 seconds. Keep it short and simple. They're not there for you. They're there for the music. So finding stories that are short, that are compelling, but also, like, will leave them thinking or knowledgeable of an event that they can have a conversation at work. So you want to keep it like that. Like those news articles, things like that, and just other things that people are passionate about that they have break down into sort of smaller subjects, you're saying. Yeah, and that's more for, you know, music radio. If you're doing talk radio, it's completely different. It's finding, you know, seven to ten minutes for segments an hour. Sometimes you're talking on your own. Sometimes... You know, normally the hour that it opens, it's you doing your opening monologue. Then it's you having a guest on. Then it's taking phone calls. Then it's with your wrap up. It's how it goes. And then, you know, you find these topics and then, you know, you have this list after you build it up. You're like, oh, this person would be really good at talking like about this. 
And then you just send them a message and be like, hey, like, you want to talk about this? We think it'd be great. And they're like, yeah. How do you get over when they don't say yeah right away? Well, you just got to find the next person. So, oh, you just move uh, on. You don't even yeah, try. Yeah, I mean, you got to okay. you got to move on. You know, I, I would say don't give up. Like a lot of times uh a lot of people would say no. A lot of times when they say no, it's just that they have other things going on in their life at that time that day. If they say no because they haven't heard of your show or don't know how big of a reach you have, hold on to that name. They they responded. So when you grow, when you get bigger, reach out to them again. Show them your growth and reach out again. So always reach out. I mean, I reached out to so many people when I was doing a sports podcast. Like, I would go digging. Like, I would find email addresses for, like, crazy successful people. I would shoot them an email, and they would reply being like, no, thank you. But I still have their email now. I know that they reply. So... But I mean, then there's some, I remember I was doing a podcast called The Box One, which I actually kind of have an itch to bring back, where it's just talking about basketball, sports uh, in general, and just having a person on in that field to talk about it. So this is right when I got into the Premier League and I was watching soccer and I was just like, oh, like, this is really, really fun. And on the show that I was producing in Chicago, we had this guy on. His name was Gavin Peacock. And he, he was a, he's a pastor now in Canada. But when I Googled his bio, he was the captain of Chelsea, the soccer team, before he was a pastor. And so he got off the phone, you know, and I'm thanking him. And I'm like, hey, by the way, I'm doing a podcast episode on the Premier League this week. Do you want to be on? Sure. I'm like, are you like, all right, like. You just never know. Yeah. Former yeah. Chelsea so captain. Like, you never know. I, I shot an email to a guy who was the long snapper of the Seattle Seahawks when they won the Super Bowl. He said yes. So, like, you just never know. Like, you can find contact information. <laughs> but I'm not trying to be like, don't stalk them. Don't do anything like that. But, like. But be bold and make that ask. Otherwise, it's always going to be no unless you ask. And then when they say yes. Make sure that you are ready and that you have questions. Like, you got to sound more credible than you are if you feel like, like, oh, if this is your very first podcast episode, don't shoot this for somebody big. So when are you releasing? I don't know. I just picked up the microphone and I got to I got it for birth, my birthday. Uh, you know. Now I've got you on the phone and they're going <laughs> to hang up. They're going right. to say sorry. And if they're, if they're nice, right. they'll say sorry. If they're not, they'll just hang up. Yeah. So what kind of, is there any go-to interview questions that you like to do? Yeah. Always make sure that it's about them. You are never the expert when you are interviewing somebody. Just remember that. So when you are asking the questions, format it in a way to make sure that they feel like, oh, like they're serious. They want to hear my thoughts and opinions on things. They respect me highly enough that they want me on their podcast. They really want to know my thoughts about this topic. So make sure you format it about that. Remember, even though you're the host of the show, they are the guests. They are the stars during that time. Make sure that you make them feel that way. It's their, it's their time to shine. Yeah, you mentioned in a couple of the other questions or a couple of your other answers about the calling and doing things that get people to engage with you. 
when in the radio market, that's really common of like call in, text in, and all these things. How does that translate to the podcasting realm? That's a great question, David. Um, I'm still trying to figure that one out myself. Podcasting is still in such an infant stage of medium. We're still trying to figure things out so much. I don't know if it, it's live streaming or being active in social media more often. There's such a, a need for it, but I don't know the exact way. So if you think you have an idea, let me know and we'll try it out and see if it works. A few things that have come to the top of the mind. I know that Google Voice, you can get set up a text number, have people call or text in, leave a voicemail. That's what I've done for a few of my clients. There's a program called Voice Link, which allows people to call in and leave a one-minute voicemail just through a, a web address. But I think you nailed it on the head, then. I don't think you, don't don't sound disconfident. And like, it, it is the social media these days. Uh, it may have been a leading question, and that's what I was leading for, of like, there are ways to connect with people. It may not be them calling in, but it's going to be more text-based stuff, but they're going to listen to your show, and then how are they going to communicate with you beyond that? And I think you nailed it on the head there is that it's it's that social media at this point. And I think, David, too, I think it's the importance, too, of then also when you're listening to other podcasts, be sure to follow them on social media, too. You know, not just don't just take what works for them on their podcasts. See what's working for them on social media as well and see if you have the ability to do that. They might have some legal rights that you don't like, for instance, like. At our station, I saw some websites like Rapzilla sharing music videos on their social media. I'm like, yeah. And so we started sharing them. And then Instagram's like, oh, you don't have the right to do that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> so so we stopped doing that. But whatever works for, you know, see what works for them. See if you have the capability of doing it. That's why it's so important. Don't think that you're alone in this. That's why I love this podcast so much that you're doing is like, I didn't know so many people were invested in podcasting up here, not just listening, but wanting to do it. And so it's just like, you got to learn from each other. You got to grow from each other. And overall, it'll just make for better content for all of our shows. For sure. It's a, it is a community here. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to do. So I, I, I appreciate you being a part of the community. And I just have one last question for you before we, we'll let you go. So for the people that are listening, they know what a podcast is. They probably have known how to make a podcast for to some degree. Mm -hmm. But about the new listener, the person that has never thought that they could make a podcast before, what advice would you give them to starting a podcast for the first time? I would say um, don't be so critical of yourself, of your voice, of the fact that your podcast might not sound like the podcast that you listen to. Podcasting is an art form, and there are going to be people that are really pleased with your content and other people that aren't. The same thing if you're getting into freelance editing, you know, like... Like you're going to get into, you're, you're going to have happy clients and upset clients and they're going to come and go. Uh, the same thing when starting a podcast, like you cannot expect to have a thousand downloads your first episode. Like, like I said, go into it. Remember you're podcasting, you're having fun. You have a microphone and you're talking about something that you're passionate about. So go into it knowing that you might be one of five if five people downloading it and listening to it, 
uh, and just just enjoy it. Like like you're podcasting. You're a podcaster now. Like you are recording it. You are editing it. You are putting in the work to do it. So enjoy it. I think that's the biggest thing. But also know that here's another thing that's really important is, is that it takes a while to get onto iTunes. If you want to be on iTunes, make sure that you have like a little uh, commercial episode. Upload that first just so that you have iTunes ready for your first episode. Well, awesome. I appreciate the words of encouragement and the technical tip on that quote. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me, Caleb. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, David, this has been a blast. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to and honored that you thought of me to be on this podcast. Well, we will see you at the coffee shop sometime soon, hopefully. I'm looking forward to it. You have a great night. You too. Or day, whatever you're listening. And there you have it, everyone. Caleb Williams. He may be a Chicago native in Packer territory, but I think we'll let him stick around a little bit longer. And I must say, I realized while editing this that I am the worst interviewer ever. I asked Caleb about his relationship with his dad after the fact, and they found out that they did reconcile and they enjoyed five wonderful years together before his father passed away. If you're curious about what positive hip-hop sounds like, come to the next Clear Hits concert in two weeks. September 18th, 2021, the Rapzilla 2020 freshman Zay Hill is coming to the Mission Church right here in Appleton. For more info on the concert or to listen to positive hip-hop right now, visit clearhitsradio.com. Head on over to appletonpodcast.com as well for community support, resources, and the chance to win some free gear just for starting your own podcast. And if you know someone in Northeast Wisconsin who wants to start their own podcast, share the show with them. Come on. And if you've made it this far, please rate and review the show on Podchaser or record your review on a cassette, pop it in a boombox, and blast it on your neighbor's lawn like John Cusack. I'm David Kelso, your neighborly podcast nerd, and thanks for listening. I've determined that Chicago loves that. I think they love losing just so that they can remind people that they were really good in the 80s and 90s. So... (laughs) Be like, yeah, we're terrible now, but 30 years ago, we were amazing. (laughs) 